Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times— to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Hi, I'm Imri, and welcome back to The Wannabe Podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. Thank you for joining me again on this cracking season of Women in Film. If you haven't checked out last week's episode on directing and imposter syndrome with trailblazer Melissa Silverstein, then what are you waiting for? You need to go and catch up. This week, I'm joined by April Rain, who is currently the Senior Director of Marketing at Fractured Atlas. So a little bit about Fractured Atlas is that they are an organization that empowers artists by eliminating the practical barriers to artistic expression. April is more famously known as being the creator of many viral hashtags, but most notable will be hashtag Oscars So White, which challenges the lack of representation of marginalized communities in Hollywood. In today's episode, April and I cover what it means to go viral and some of the challenges that brings, especially when you're talking about race and equality. We help you figure out how to use your platform for change and ways you can have the conversations you want without risking your jobs or friendships. We talk about how best to handle social media trolls and how to switch off and get organized. I hope you vibe with it. Diversity here in the UK for film is I it's getting better. Um, TV is still shockingly bad, like very, very bad. Um, I don't even I stopped watching UK TV because there is so little representation anyway. Um, and now they're kind of shifting things for younger people online, uh, which is slightly better in terms of representation. But when it comes to, you know, like the big dramas and the things that get commissioned, it's still so horrendous. And for black women, that is, I like, we do, we might as well not exist. Um, so yeah, there is definitely a lot of work and we can see that across the pond here as well. Um, I wanted to ask you, cause naturally when something like this becomes so big and you're talking about race, there must be people that you have come up against who just are going to be willfully ignorant um, and choose to be difficult or obtuse. And I wanted to know how you then handle those people um, and trolls as well, because I can imagine that anyone that is aspiring to be successful or to use uh, race or kind of any kind of equality as a message is going to come up against that backlash and 
is there any kind of way that you personally deal with with that that criticism and that negativity? Um, there there are several ways. I mean, the first is that I don't um, allow, I don't give strangers my emotional energy, right? Because I, I don't know you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I keep my friends and my family very close to me, but, but everyone else, you just don't get that. And, and it's um, easier for me to operate from a place of fact than a place of emotion, mm-hmm. right? So, so when I, you know, I get things every all the time, you know. Oh well, the, the NBA is so black, or you have the BET awards, and that's where all the black people get their awards. So, what's the big deal with the Oscar, you know? Or, um, you know, uh, what, the year that um, Twelve Years a Slave won, like thirteen percent of the nominees were black and, and blacks are thirteen percent of the population, so what's your problem? You know, yeah. and and or oh you're just looking for quotas. I mean I can go down the list. And and all of them are ignorant in, in various degrees and don't really understand and and they operate from a place of ignorance in, in the sense that they truly don't understand what Oscar So White is about. First of all, it's not binary, right? It's not just you know, people assume, okay, you're a black woman, so you're just talking about getting more black folks, you know, nominations. And that's never been it. Oscar So White is inclusive of all traditionally underrepresented communities. So that's all races, all sex, uh, sexual orientations, all genders, all, you know, people from disabled communities, indigenous people, um, everybody, you know, and it's, it's women in, you know, gender neutral categories like best director, right? So, um, so that's number one. Number two, if you look at just the history of the academy over its now 90 years, you can look back and count. I mean, even this year, 2018, we're still counting the first, you know, the first time a black woman was nominated for best cinematographer, you know, just the fifth time in 90 years that a black person was nominated for best director, just the fifth time that a woman was, you know, nominated for best director. Um, And so it makes it easy. And once you start talking facts to people, they typically just fall off the wayside. They, you know, they don't want to engage anymore um, because they, you know, trolls come at you for various reasons because they, need the human interaction or they attempt to get a rise out of you or they're just angry at the world and and you you know as a especially for women of color mm-hmm. on if you have a significant platform on social media you are a target yeah. you know and and I've seen it play out where I can say the exact same thing that a white male is saying and I will get all kinds of negativity in my mentions or notifications and that white male who has said the same thing, you know, people will be, oh, okay, well, yeah, sure, that makes sense when you put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait a, you know, wait a minute. And so that's just something that you sort of have to deal with. Um, and then there's also a, a very important lesson there on self-care. Yes. Um, and, and ensuring that you are not um, allowing your well to run dry before you replenish yourself. Because you cannot do the work of you know, injustice or social campaigns or liberation or just, you know, trying to make the world a better place for your child or what, or for yourself or whatever the case may be, um, it, you know, if you are worn down. Absolutely. So what would be one action that you take personally to kind of, when the trolls are just getting too much, what do you do? Um, it's, you know, I operate from a, from a place of fact. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, I call people out on their ignorance, not 
only to educate them, but to educate the other 126,000 followers who may be watching, you know, and have some of the similar questions. So it becomes a teachable moment for folks. Um, And I also, you know, I, I am now, now that we are four years into Oscar So White, I have a wonderful community of folks on social media who allow me to step away, you know, so I don't even need to engage with ignorance as much as I may have in, you know, 2015, 2016, because people will say stuff like, oh my goodness, Google what, you know, Google Oscar So White and see how wrong you are on this particular issue. And, and so, you know, having a tribe, um, for lack of a better word, is fantastic because it means that less of the burden is on me, you know, and, and then, you know, sometimes I just step away from Twitter for, you know, a week or a weekend or a day. I'm, I'm pretty much addicted to Twitter, so I'm never gone for too long. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but if I stay, if I step away for a, for a day or two, um, you know, I, I can do that and, and just, you know, binge something on TV with my daughter or, uh, you know, go buy a pair of shoes or, or whatever, you know, just be in my happy place, wherever that place may be. Awesome. Um, so let's, kind of move into general social media I guess so you've managed to organically build up a really large and thriving community and actually community management and general social media and marketing have become these huge areas of growth uh, in terms of the jobs market uh, which I would imagine is also the same in the U.S. I'm sure uh, if it's happening here it must be happening in the U.S. so for anyone that's aspiring to be good at social media do you have any tips that kind of could help them not necessarily go viral because I, I think that's a like a weird pursuit but to be good at social media to build up a community and a loyal and engaged audience yeah and I, I teach this in in workshops and stuff from time to time I mean uh, I, I'm hoping that the goal isn't to go viral right yeah. because if that's the goal then what do you do with it afterward mm-hmm. right so you get you know I, I can say something that I don't even think is relatively provocative and it'll have, you know, a thousand retweets in less than an hour. And that's, you know, okay, that's great. But then what, right? You know, what are you going to take with, what are you going to do with that virality? Um, But if what you want to do is build a platform, I mean, I think you have to be authentic. It has to be your voice. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you have to talk about things that you know about and that you care about. Um, I think you have to be consistent. So, you know, you can't be gone for a week and a half after talking about something really engaging and expect people to be there when you return. You know, so even if it means, you know, you've got a full time job and, and you can only be on Twitter for, you know, half hour a day. Well, then ensure that it's the same half hour, you know, once a week or whenever it is so that those who are interested in engaging with you know when to expect you. Um, you know, I think it always helps if you are um, if you want to build your following to to be uh, to have a presence offline mm-hmm. to have a presence off of social media as well and what i mean by that is you know it, it it is still shocking to me but there are people who aren't on twitter i mean you know god forbid and there are people <laughs> who aren't on facebook or you know whatever platform you choose and so but if you have written something right then they may go search out your medium post or your blog post or your huffington post article um, even if they're not on Twitter or Facebook, Instagram, or whatever platform you choose, and still be able to read more about what you're talking about. And, this, and so that's helpful. Um, you know, and, and really it's about engagement. And that sounds really cliche, but, you know, 
you, you choose the subjects that interest you and whether that's sports or fashion or food or parenting or, you know, entertainment or social justice or whatever. Um, and you have those conversations with folks who are like-minded yeah. and then maybe you have some really interesting conversations with folks who are not like-minded, but are at least open-minded, um, you know, and, and both of you are, are willing to learn. And- this is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Wonderful advice. Thank you so much. Um, for the people that may not already have, you know, a platform, um, how do you recommend that people proactively go out and just like start the conversation? I know that there are people that are very shy on social media, um, which I, which is also very strange to be on social media, but there's a lot of lurkers in this world. Um, and I guess that's like a thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand shyness on social media because you do have that sense of anonymity right? Yeah. So you really can, it, it's almost like Halloween. You can put on the costume or cosplay. You can, you know, you can make your avatar whatever you want it to be. And you can, you can talk about what is on your mind or on your heart, um, you, you know, with relative impunity, right? And so why would you be on social media if you're, I don't understand lurking on social media because <laughs> you truly, you know what I mean? Because you can truly talk about whatever you want to, you know? So if I change my avatar to a, you know, a rose or a flower or something, and I change my name to Jane Doe, you have no idea who I am. And so I can really say those things that I want to get off my chest. Um, so I, I think social media does give you that level of anonymity so that if you are an introvert like me, you know, from the comfort of your home with your bunny slippers on, uh, you know, you can change the world. Uh, you know, or, or at least have substantive conversations with someone on a completely different continent um, about whatever it is that interests you. Yeah, I think that's true. Like, I don't, I know many social media lurkers, funnily enough, like a ton. Um, and I'm guilty of part lurking, part being active. So I feel like it, I, I strike the balance of, I see conversations happening that I would love to jump in on, but I'm just not going to do it for personal yeah. reasons. Um, some of them are just too controversial, even for me. I'm just like, I feel like some people are just loud and wrong, but I just don't have the energy to go through it. Um, I like to protect my energy. And so there's a lot of nonsense that has popped up on my timeline that I'm like, this is really wrong, but I just can't engage right now. Um, but I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to be more, find out who I'm trying to be or who I am in life and then how I can authentically portray that on social media I think I've kind of gone through some transitions so I'm just figuring that out which is actually surprisingly difficult um but I what you were saying earlier about uh being the sense of anonymity um it really made me think of a conversation I had with uh, Renieto Lodge who wrote the book why I'm no longer talking to white people about race and she, I was saying that there are so many of us, especially women of color who are in these like day jobs and, you know, we, we're not very controversial. We kind of toe the line somewhat. And when 
it comes to social media, obviously we want to be talking about, well, some of us want to talk about race and gender equality and having such kind of what would be opinions that would upset the white folk um, in the world. Um, so I asked her, like, how would we go about navigating those conversations? Because my personal brand is, 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 is got my name on it. I, I don't mind having those conversations personally, but I know that there are a number of women who are in probably similar to your background in law and finance in these corporate settings who have their names out there and want to be able to kind of engage in these discussions about race and equality, but feel a little bit shy or reluctant to be. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Just in case their employer finds that. And I know that you were obviously in law and then Oscar so white kind of blows up. Did did you find that there was that friction point or would there have ever been that friction point if if that was your back in with your workplace? Sorry. Um. I mean, I, I understand that, and and I I don't think that uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not a big fan, and, and well, okay, in in the vast majority of professions, careers, occupations, you know, workplaces, I don't think that discussing issues of about race or in politics and you know gender equity is the way to go. Like I'm I'm definitely not going to be sitting, you know, at or I would not have been sitting at a conference table at my law firm having the discussion about the lack of inclusion of um marginalized communities in the entertainment industry, right? Because yeah. um you, you already have to deal with so many I think especially as women of color, we always we already have to deal with so many microaggressions mm-hmm. um through the course of the day that those conversations aren't aren't well received. And you also have to think about you know, your place in that particular organization, right? So if you're the CEO, you definitely have a lot more um, ability to speak your mind than you do, you know, someone who's just three years into the firm or wherever you are, right? And and so that's the one of the relatively good things about social media is that it equalizes the playing field, right? So I can have a conversation with Jack, the CEO of Twitter, and we can be on exactly the same level, even though he makes a bazillion dollars and, yeah. you know, and I, and I do not. Right. <laughs> um, so, and, and, and so I think that's one of the great things about using social media and, and building up in your platform, because it does give you a voice that you may not feel that you have in your professional life. You know, I, I caution folks when I, when I do these workshops about social media and stuff, I caution people about 
um, you know, how much you want to share and whether you want to create an anonymous account, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the, you know, the bland Avi and not your real name and all the rest of that stuff, because it is, it is incredibly difficult. And especially for young people just starting out, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows that as soon as you, you know, submit your application or, you know, send over your resume, um, they are checking, they are Googling you, <laughs> you know, they're to yeah. check all of your social media platforms. And it's not only just to make sure that you're fully clothed and that kind of thing, because, you know, I've got a, I've got a daughter who is a high school freshman and I have a son who is a college freshman. So we have had these conversations ad nauseum about what it means, how you get into college and what can prevent you from getting there and, you know, what your social media looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just about, you know, running around half naked on your Instagram. It's also about just Sometimes the the positions that you take on various issues and is that wrong? Absolutely, you know, First Amendment, you know, at least here in the states and all the rest of that jazz. Yeah, it's great, but if it comes down to you and some guy named Jack Smith, um, you know, you've got identical resumes, but you're the one that's speaking out on X Y Z controversial issue, and his social media is clean. Jack is going to get the job every single time. It's absolutely unfair. But people just need to, you know, keep that in mind yeah. um, as they're having the discussions. You know, I and again, I recognize my privilege that with Fractured Atlas, which is the organization um, that I work with now, I mean, they literally hired me off of Twitter because of my voice. Yeah. Right? Um, but not everybody can say that for sure. Um, and, and so I am in a very privileged place that, that a lot of people are not. So you do have to be wary about the stuff that you put out there. Um, you know, know what, you know, what, not only know what your official company policy is, but also just know where the boundary lines are and determine whether you want to push them and how close you are to getting out of there anyway, so that you can jump if necessary, as opposed to being pushed. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I think people just need to be more wary. I don't think some people don't seem to be wary enough, but here we are. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree with that. That, that sentiment that you know there are certain things that employers and I used to work in HR and recruitment and I know that they google people I know someone that got hired and immediately got the offer rescinded because of their social media presence um I think they swore I I don't really remember the details that much but it felt like a really minor thing to me but it was deep enough to that employer that they didn't want to pursue that person's application. Um, so I'm definitely a fan of at least semi-anonymous um, profiles where it's like a nickname as opposed to your actual name. Um, but if you're building up a personal brand, I guess it it works somewhat differently. Um, I'm just more mindful personally about what kind of arguments I'm willing to engage in and where... Like you said, it's about talking about the things that you know about. And I'd, and I'm really reluctant to kind of wax lyrical on things that I have no no clue about. I don't want to end up looking stupid. So um, right. I'm probably too preoccupied with looking stupid, actually. Um, but yeah, I wanted to ask you, uh, what are you currently working on getting better at right now? Oh, um, organization, I cool. think. Um, which which has been a lifelong challenge for me. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I I just started a new position with Fractured Atlas on January second this year, um, and on January fourth I was in Las Vegas for a conference. Um, 
Um, so two days, like I literally didn't even have my business cards yet. Um, and you know, and then I came home for about four or five days and then I was gone again, um, for, to spend a week at Sundance. And these are not complaints <laughs> at all. They, you know, these are absolutely amazing, wonderful opportunities that I've been given. Um, but it, it means that everything else is kind of shot. You know, my emails look like, you know, war-torn Fallujah and, you know, and I have to FaceTime my child every couple of days to make sure she remembers who I am, whether she cares or not. And, you know, and, it, and so it, it's a it, it's an ongoing struggle. I was literally up till 5.30 this morning because I'm a completist and I was in the middle of trying to get through all of the emails that had been forgotten. And, um, and so I just stayed up, which was not the smart thing to do. So, so I now have... Um, a person working with me to keep me a bit more organized and, and to handle some, um, you know, some of the ministerial administrative things that, that I get, you know, so when people ask um, for me to come speak at something or write something, you know, she can handle the initial stuff before I need to get involved. Um, so I'm trying to operate from slightly higher than the 10,000 feet at which I've been operating all this time. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, um, so, so organization is big, and um, you know, I put my mantras out there at the end of 2016, and I allowed them to sort of guide the decisions that I made in 2017. And one of them that has still stayed with me that I'm still working on is know your worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that women, um, and especially women of color, um, don't, you know, or and and we don't celebrate it in the way that we do, even if we do know our worth, you know, and so that's one of the reasons why I created the women of color affirmation hashtag um, late last year. Um, So, you know, knowing that the word no is a complete sentence, (laughs) right? And and especially at, at this point, I don't have to justify anything to almost anyone, you know, especially any, no one outside of my household. Um, and, and and being able to own that and be comfortable in it because it's one thing to say no and then feel guilty about it for three weeks yes. right? because I was <laughs> I, I've done that um, but it's it's another to say no and actually feel confident enough to know that you made the right call based on where you are in life and that you're able to walk away from that cleanly so those are all the things so just some of the things I'm working on today <laughs> the list changes all the time no that's perfect I. I relate to both of those things so wholeheartedly like it hit me in my chest because I just had to hire my first assistant um who is amazing I love her she's doing a fantastic job because my emails are a shambles um and I am studying my MBA right now and I I just don't have time I'm working like six days um so yeah even she helped organize this and I'm so grateful to her and that I got to speak to you as well um because organization I'm just it's not been my strong suit in life ever I don't think so I don't see myself naturally picking up and doing it so I had to get someone else who who is better at it than me um and yeah practicing saying no because I'm really bad at it in fact I actually volunteer my services just freely like I know I don't have time and I'll still be like I can help you do this thing I'm so bad at it yeah Yeah, no you gotta stop that you gotta stop that right away yeah so you know and, and that's the other thing knowing that you you should get paid for your labor 
even if it's into, and I say you, I'm meaning the global you, and I'm also talking to myself right now, um, you know, but for, and that includes intellectual labor, right? And, and so, you know, I think about it, you know, and, and so now I have my assistant ask every single time if there is an honorarium involved. Mm -hmm. And, and that, and it's, it's because, um, it always shocks me when someone says, Oh, and of course I'll pay you for your time, right? And and I'm like, oh, well, I've done this like 47 times before for other people, and it's been, I've done it for free without any problem, and that's cool. But if somebody's going to offer you, you know, even a couple of hundred dollars, you know, to, it makes all the difference, right? Yeah. And it also tells you that they value um, your time and your energy. Now, do I do stuff for free all the time? Um, you know, and so I have to get better at that, but you should at least, make the inquiry and having an assistant, you know, or a middle person um, sometimes makes that a little easier to make the request. And if the answer is no, then the answer is no, but you never know, right? That sixth time the answer might be, oh yeah, sure. We'll give you a thousand dollars. And that's a lovely windfall that you weren't expecting. Yeah, I agree. I've had to get into the habit because um, I get asked to speak a lot as well. As I imagine you, you probably get asked to speak way more than I do. Um, and yeah, I do make, I've tried to force myself um, to just ask, at least getting into the business and the habit of just saying, is there a price involved? Just so I'm comfortable with talking right. about it because I, I'm i not sure what it's like in the US. I feel like actually people are a little bit bolder um, and brave when it comes to talking about money. But the U UK, we do not discuss money. Like that is impolite. Um, and we really need to get into the habit of just being comfortable, just saying just basic things about how how much something costs is just like you don't ask that question that's so rude um so it is a very it's a very cultural thing as well for us to just be very reluctant and apprehensive and it's not working for us clearly so yeah <laughs> I also I also think that that it's it's a gender-based thing in some part because you know when, women sometimes have issues with worth, you know, this goes back to meet my mantra, know your worth, right? Mm -hmm. And so and we, I've had conversations with um, very prominent women who get paid to speak on a much, much more than I do, you know, and, and these conversations about how, you know, different conferences or schools or what have you will lowball you, you know? So, you know, and so, you know, three of us will be speaking at the same function and find out that, that all three of us are getting significantly different money. Now, obviously, part of that is based on experience and, you know, what you bring to the table and all the rest of that stuff. Um, you know, but if it's different years or whatever, we were actually talking about sort of creating this back-end conference honorarium sheet. You know, so it's like, okay, if you're going to XYZ conference, this I went to this conference a year ago, and this is what they paid me to speak. Mm -hmm. Just so you would know, because they they will always lowball you or tell you that they don't have any money. I mean, I, I went to a conference once, um, you know, and they said, oh, you know, well, we're a student-run organization, so we really don't have any money. And I said, okay, cool, I'll, you know, I'll come. Um, you know, you just take care of getting me there, and I'll come, you know, and not do it without an honorarium. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm reading through this really glossy 
program, right, that I give to everybody. <laughs> and you look on the back page, and it's got all of these corporate sponsors listed at the back. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. I'm speaking in a classroom, right? So, so it's not a huge, like, really fancy setup or anything. You know, I'm not on a stage in the middle of a performing arts center. So if these people are your sponsors, if, if you got all these corporate sponsors, where did all the, you know, and I yeah. know you're giving us for lunch. So where did all the money go? from these corporate sponsors that you couldn't even offer me, you know, $100 or something like that. So, you know, all of that is live and learn. But I think, especially as women, because we don't have those conversations on either side of the pond, we're always at a disadvantage to undervaluing and underestimating, um, you know, what we bring to the table. I hope that you feel better equipped to tackle the topics you care about on social media. To find out more about April, you can follow her on Twitter at Reign of April. That's R-E-I-G-N-O-F-A-P-R-I-L. And you can find out more about her work by visiting her website, reignofapril.com, with the same spelling. On March 1st, April will be debuting a resource directory of talented creatives in the media industry, all of whom are from traditionally underrepresented groups. So keep an eye out for that, so make sure you're following her. Priska will be back in two weeks to discuss the comparison trap, and we have some room for more questions. You know we love answering your questions. So if you have one about marketing, branding, your career, or taking the next step in whatever path you're on please do send your questions in to wb at shoutoutnetwork.co.uk or just visit wannabepodcast.com and select ask a question if you like how this podcast is made and you think you can do what i do then you need to reach out to the shoutout network find out more about membership by visiting shoutoutnetwork.co.uk be sure to follow Wannabe on Twitter and Instagram at Wannabe Podcast. I love interacting with you. So if you're enjoying this podcast as well, please do leave a review on iTunes if you have an iPhone or a Mac computer. To get extended show notes listing the tools and resources we've talked about on this episode and all the past episodes, visit wannabepodcast.com. All extended show notes are updated on Wednesdays. Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to see you guys again on Wednesday. Bye. 